Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So let's go. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Bless You Boys podcast. Bless You Boys is your home for all things Detroit Tigers baseball, the SB Nation platform. And I am your host, Brandon Day, and with me is my co-host, Ashley McLennan, and we are both just cracking up because we are currently watching this stupid, stupid baseball team (laughs) about to beat Cleveland for the second game in a row somehow. I just watched Andrew Miller melt down on the mound, and I, I don't know what's happening. He shaved. I, I, he did shave. That's, that's a, a new problem. development, apparently. Uh, I don't know who let him do that when you have a beard as majestic as Andrew Miller's. Uh, he just has, has one of those faces that just looks right with facial hair. Yeah, he looks weird without it. It's sort of like he Alex looks... Wilson. Like, when Alex Wilson shaves, it's like, oh, bro, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta grow that back. Like, what is you doing? Yeah, you lost all your mojo on the mound. Apparently somebody was telling me that apparently Andrew Miller's kids didn't recognize him. And I'm like, I don't recognize him. Tell him to grow it back. I know. Mickey Calloway wouldn't have let that happen. Kind of ship is Terry Francona running over there these days. Just everything's falling apart. Oh, really? I got Shane Green on to close this game. Let's hope there's no disasters. Yeah, I know. It would be a real bummer to lose this. Daniel Stumpf got hilarious. through a whole inning. He did. <laughs> loaded he, the bases he... <laughs> and still managed not to destroy everything. So I, know. I, I believe that this could actually happen. Yep. And just, just the most random of, you know, like every ball going down the third baseline, un- uncatchable. Dixon Machado, Jacoby Jones doubling. Yeah, it's just... It's just bizarre That's world out here. Weird, weird baseball. Uh-huh. Baseball is is definitely weird. It is a strange game and unpredictable. <laughs> well, and especially in this weird, like totally. I don't think anybody saw the the AL Central turning out the way it has this season. Like it's just like I don't even know what to make of it. It's like a battle of who wants to be worst. And somehow, as a result, the Tigers are coming out on top. Yeah, I mean, it's... the Indians have been just kind of kind of a weirdly mediocre team um, in all sorts of ways. And everybody thought the Twins would be good, and the Twins are just kind of like, mm, we got nothing. Like, Royals the... are terrible. White Sox are terrible. The, like, the, the Indians are so bad, that like, and they're still number one in the division, but... They're so bad that I, I've wanted to write a piece, and I may do this this week still. It's almost unfair if the <laughs> Indians get to go into the postseason just because of how bad the AL Central has been. There's so many other teams ahead of them in other divisions, like miles ahead of them, that it's just insane to me that we're not really, like, and I know so much can change in the next, what, 120 games that we have to play, but... Sure, but they definitely look like that team that could just, like, blow up the whole wildcard system. Like, uh, why yeah. did you guys get in when you're this terrible and you're playing yeah, all it's these like, divisional games? Yeah, it's like, the Indians getting to go, and... Or, like, even... Hell, it could... You know what? Honestly, I could imagine a stranger scenario than the Tigers somehow ending up at the top of the division the way that the NL... that the AL Central's going. Yeah. 
like some teams to beat but up. But they sure as shit don't deserve to go to the postseason. <laughs> no, they don't. Right? Like nope. it's it's such a weird thing. It's been a weird season. Like you just you look around and there's like three teams. There's Houston, Boston, and New York, and they all look like just absolute monsters. And everybody else is kind of this just sort of this weird mess. Like the Angels are kind of good, and the Mariners were kind of good, but. That that problem got fixed. Oops. <laughs> I'll be switching to that game next, but yeah, oh, that's a dicey story. It was already bad enough with like Cano getting the the hand break off poor Blaine Hardy. Yeah, Blaine or, Hardy with his preemptive justice in Minority Report fashion. Yeah, poor he knew Blaine what you Hardy. Did. Like got so blamed for that from from Mariners fans for breaking Robinson Cano's wrist. I actually apologized uh, on his behalf. I feel terrible about that now. I take it back. I, I <laughs> tweeted that I, because I, I have an anxious personality. I do have anxiety and like weird things trigger <laughs> so anxiety. Guilty. I, I like, I know any. I know don't... anybody out there that suffers from anxiety knows exactly what I'm talking about. Like you get, you feel guilt over things that you have no control over. It's also called being Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have the agnostic version of that, which is what they, sub- they prescribe Xanax for. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, I think every woman in my family suffers from yeah some form of anxiety in that regard. Yeah. Just so always... all day Sunday after this happened, I spent like hours and hours feeling per- <laughs> for Blaine Hardy breaking Robinson Cano's hand, but and I, did... I like felt bad. I know. <laughs> I did feel bad about it. I did. Yeah. But as it so... turns out, Robinson Cano is a dirty. Dirty cheater. Bad cheater. Yeah. And I, I've been talking with a lot of people about this saying it is one of those things that has a weird amount of nuance to it, but at the core of it, it what it does come down to is that he's been busted for PEDs. He hasn't tested positive for the PEDs themselves, but he's tested positive for a diuretic that is most commonly used to mask or or flush the system from PEDs, basically. Yep. And so what he's claiming is that he was prescribed this medication from a Dominican doctor for a pre-existing condition. And I grant you, I talked to, we have a doctor on staff at D-Rays Bay, and he was like, yeah, you use it for kidney issues, for heart issues. There's a ton of, ton of things that it can be used for. But as we all talked about this, any medications that a player is on have to be disclosed to a club because a lot of things can show up. Any pre-existing medical conditions, especially something like a heart condition would absolutely be something the club would know about and know the medications that somebody was on. Um, Oh no, sorry. Yeah. Uh, just massively overthrew a a pitch to first. God damn it. Yep. There's two outs, but uh, there's also Rajay Davis on second base, which is not good. (laughs) Rajay can score on a wild pitch from here. Oh, yikes. Sorry. Anyway, so he would have had to have disclosed all this. He would have, they would have known that he was on this medication if it was on the up and up. And Robinson is not a young player who just got tripped up by some rules he didn't understand. He's 35. No, and there was, like, a couple of guys coming out, like, a pitchers going, you know what, like, I had a heart thing, and I was taking these meds that were considered a diuretic, and it was such a pain in the ass to get a doctor's note, I just switched to the meds I was on. Yeah, Dan so Heron, I believe. It was yeah, it. Dan yeah. Heron, yeah, you're right, absolutely. And so, like, it, it's not something that's unheard of. It's not something that he wouldn't know or be able to talk to somebody on the team and how to deal with properly. So... 
there's just so much fishy about his explanation. Yeah, exactly. Because see, that's what I'm going to come back to is that, I mean, if you have some kind of pre-existing condition, then why aren't you telling us what it is? Like, you know, yeah, don't I mean, just if say, you were like, innocent, you would be out there. Condition. Yeah, you would be out there doing everything you could, you know, to, to make your case. And he's not doing that. In fact, the reason he dropped his appeal is because he's injured anyway, and the whole thing just lines up better for him to start the suspension right now. Um, yeah, I'm just not buying any of this. I mean, I'm an MMA fan as well, which has been, obviously, you know, just it's just rife with steroids and performance-enhancing yeah. drugs and kind of has from the beginning. And I've just heard all this too many times about the diuretic and how, you know, you needed it for something else and... Um, some, you know, some random Dr. Benway, if anyone out there is a William S. Burroughs fan, you know, type doctor who's, you know, 90 years old and just an old script writer <laughs> from the, uh, from the old school who will just write your prescription for every want, you know, whatever you want down there. Yeah. Somehow got a hold, like, this is the Dr. Robinson Cano, you know, with his $300 million contract decided to go to. I mean, it's all super fishy. And the fact that he didn't just come right out and admit it is just even more annoying. Um. I don't know how you and feel so, about like we you know we haven't had a, a steroid conversation in the past like how do you how do you look at like guys like Bonds and Clemens and McGuire? You know what I'm I'm of the pro Bonds in the so Hall of Fame school. I I don't honestly care as much as some people do about the PED thing. Yeah. But um, John Troopin from Lookout Landing made a really solid point in the post that he put up today. Shane Green um, just got out of it. Good job, Shane Green. Okay. Oh, we thank God. Wow, we're up. All right, that's 2-0 on the Indians this series. That's just ludicrous. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, my feed's behind, so he's still <laughs> at an 0-2 count right now. Thanks, MLB TV. Yeah, oh, my God, and the ball gets away. Oh, I hate <laughs> yep. everything. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to know that this ends well. Yeah, but um, okay. From the future, I appreciate your message. (laughs) Um, In Canada, all our games run 10 minutes behind. It's it's really like a minute behind, but it still sucks when I get all the notifications on my phone. Because it ruins home runs for me all the time. Yeah, everybody's shrieking. (laughs) Well, no, it's just like my phone will buzz and I'll be like, ah, no, I know somebody just hit something. Uh, So I have to mute games all the time. You know what? I'm not... John made this great point in his post for Lookout Landing about the Cano thing, where he said... It's not the PEDs that bug him so much. It's the lying about the PEDs. It's yeah. I think I hate this notion that that anybody thinks that we're stupid enough to be like, oh, oops, diuretic, didn't know. Like, Cano's been in the game for, what, 10 years? Like, yeah. he's been around a long time. He's friends with guys like Nelson Cruz, who he's seen go through this. Yep. He played alongside that New York team where you saw guys like A-Rod get real bit by the biogenesis thing. Yeah, in like, the absolute he, media cooker that is New absolutely. York. I mean, he's, he's been through all that. So he, he of anybody, knows exactly the scrutiny that goes under these things and how closely they watch it. So... I don't buy for a second that he would take something without telling the team about it unless he knew it was sketchy. Yeah. And I, I mean, I understand there are people out there making the argument that, you know, Robinson Cano, Cano has a guaranteed contract. Um, you know, he's, he was basically a bona fide Hall of Famer, you know, who didn't really have to do a whole lot more probably to get in. So why would he screw everything up this way? But, you know, you could say that about just a ho- you know a host of athletes over the years. Like it, it really doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, I don't think the average person understands what it's like to be an elite athlete and to feel those skills, you know, kind of slipping away and feel yourself losing it. Um, yeah. You know, kudos to you know guys like Albert Pujols who just you know just suck naturally for a few <laughs> few years and well yeah you and know the you best let they it could, slump you know? and then you hold on like. Y- 
you can say the same thing, like, why would Cano need to do it? But then you look at guys who are, like, seven-plus years in the minors getting their call-up, and they get busted. Yeah. Like... I mean, some of those they, guys I can understand. Like, yeah, they were desperate, you know? They were desperate to finally make the make the jump, but... Yeah, but then at the same time, you know they're not going to be hanging around long, and they know that, and there's there's no real benefit in any way to doing it because mm-hmm. you know they're testing. Yeah. Like, I think Kevin Kiermeyer was joking in the off season that he got t- drug tested so often in the off season that he offered to let the guy stay at his house. <laughs> yep. Like, it, it does seem like they pick a couple teams every year that way too. Or well, just, Thames just... last year was just getting like, like nonstop. Like, yeah. Eric Thames for the Brewers. Yeah. They were just all over him because he's this muscle bound freak who just emerged out of nowhere coming back from Japan and hitting all these home runs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, and it really, I mean, and it's just a drag. I mean, it it just really is. You know, I, I've, I, I've never been like a huge Robbie Cano fan, but I remember writing an article a couple of years ago all about like the Kinsler Pedroia thing and how, you know, like Pedroia took Kinsler's job in college and how they've kind of always, you know, you know, kind of like matched up with each other very well in terms of statistics. Their careers started at the same time. Yeah. I never compared either of them to Robbie Cano. Robbie Cano was on another another plateau where it was like, okay, these other two guys and maybe like Chase Utley are fighting for second best over the last you know fifteen years at second base. Robbie Cano always uh, always stood above everyone else, and yeah, it's it's just heartbreaking, and it's heartbreaking um, you know for Seattle. You know, I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for other fan bases, but you know they're you know uniquely long suffering, and it's also a fan base that has produced an awful lot of great baseball writing. Like, um, oh my god, look out! Landing has produced Meg Rowley and Jeff Sullivan, and I, you know, on and on, and um, you know, Kate Presser over there is great. So yeah, it's just like seeing a lot of people that I respect and like just having just the worst day today about this. Like honestly, I I, I think the Mariners are probably like in my top four teams, four or five teams to watch. I, apparently, I just really love rooting for underdogs. Yeah, and they just um, had James Paxton throw a no hitter. And I know, and they were like. Good. They had like that like glimmer of hope for the wild card going, and like they're one of those teams where it's just like you, no matter how you feel about them, like even if they're middle of the pack, you just you kind of want to see them go to the World Series. Yeah, they never like, bothered anybody, you know. They got Yujiro no, over there, like they handled that all like as well as could be, and yeah, it's, it's a bummer. Like I just they're the kind of team you want to see do well. It's the same way I felt about the Astros up until they actually won it. Now I'm like, okay, we get it. You guys are really good. Now, now you're like, oh, Justin Verlander's just turning into such an insufferable douche on Twitter. <laughs> you, you know what? Quite calling frankly. Out, calling out Ravi Cano and like, after having been I'm, much nicer to Johnny Peralta when it happened to him. I'm kind of over Justin Verlander. I'll, I'll never like, be over him, but he does have a huge factor that's definitely growing. <laughs> I, like, I want him back. Like, don't get me wrong. I would love to have him back on the Tigers. But, like, he's definitely got this, like, kind of shittiness going about him right now that I'm just... I mean, he just I needs don't to know. shut up, right? Like, he just needs to yeah. shut up about baseball things. Like, you won your World Series. You don't have to be, like, Mr. Veteran, you know, wise sage commenting on everything. I just find it that interesting that he had a comment on Cano within three seconds, but still never said anything about Trevor Bauer. I know. Like, Bauer called him out almost specifically, like, his entire pitching staff. Yep. And not a word. And yeah, then... and what's interesting is that he, I mean, you know, you could you could argue about Garrett Cole, but, like, there's no argument that Justin Berlander needed pine tar or anything. He had he could have just smashed Trevor Bauer, you know, like, you little chump, but he, he let that one go. 
And then yeah, this one he gets on about. Hang. But although I have to say, like, he and Max Scherzer have both been these guys kind of all along, like, just, just ragging on the steroid users. Um, you know, people are bringing up that Johnny Peralta comment, and, you know, rightly so, because he did kind of take it easy on him. But he and Max Scherzer, I remember both, like, many times, like, weighing in on this, and you know, with disgust, you know, at the yeah. players cheating and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, the whole thing is just, just terrible, you know, and Robbie Cano... You know, attitudes might change down the road, but right now, I mean, you kind of look at him suddenly, like on the outskirts of the of the Hall of Fame voting. Like he's, you know, he's 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 going to have a lot of I people who are sort of like, you know, kind of looking at him out of out of the side of their eye. And I don't blame him because I, you know, for me, Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. You know, that all happened before they even you know put in any good testing. So I just don't care about PEDs from the from the steroid era. I care now because there's testing. There's a whole protocol. You all know better. You can't make the argument that like, <laughs> Oh, other people are using and you know, they're making me look worse than I am. Like none of that flies anymore. So uh, it's just, it's just super aggravating to see a, a great player go down like this. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that it's actually ruined his, like his hall of fame chances permanently. Like, I've seen some pretty good points. It's going to be over 10 years before he's yeah, eligible. That's true. And, You'll have a, kind of a new guard coming in at that point. I are think, we going like, to say the, their, their opinions don't matter because those guys are all going to be dead by then anyway? No. But Sorry, I'm going I, full White I, House I, on John McCain that's there. Dark. That's dark. Um, <laughs> but I do think you will you may see some shifts in attitude. Yeah. Um, and I think you may see some younger guys kind of in that BBWAA voting range. Yeah. Guys and gals because there's like obviously... Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. No, I, I mean, people... What well, we don't vote? have... We're not BBWAA. Um, better than they are. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm IBWA. <laughs> oh, that's just sad. <laughs> I, I paid my $75, Brandon. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone entirely. Yep. I, you know what? So is Ken Rosenthal, so I don't mm. care. <laughs> it's fine. Wait, I, is it Ken Rosenthal such in the IBWAA? Thing. I don't know. Ken that. Rosenthal is absolutely in the IBWAA. I checked our member list. Oh, geez. Now a, I want to be in. All right. Thanks. I have a card and everything. Do you? I do. Oh, they nice. send it to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's dorky as hell. I know, but I'm I'm fine with it. But anyway, yes. If but people of kind of, of our generation and that are kind of our our contemporaries are the people that will be doing the BBWA, like God forbid, but the Grant Brisbys of the world, maybe. (laughs) Um, And I think you may see a a willingness to kind of overlook the mistake for, for the career that helped happen before that. Like he's cleared, he's cleared his testing up until this point like this. Yeah. He's obviously been tested rigorously in the past. So, I mean, I, I you just think never know. Like a guy might take something in the off season because he has an injury and he's trying to get back. I mean, I mean, it is hard to imagine that Robbie Cano has been using for like you know seven eight years and they just have never caught him up. Yeah, till that now, they so. just never notice. I don't buy that. I don't like the attitude now of people going like, "Oh, how do you feel, oh nine Yankees?" Like I hate mm-hmm. the Yankees just as much as anybody else, but I don't think we can besmirch a man's entire career just because this happened now. I think it's it's shitty and I think it is cheating because it is in the rules. Like that's the funny thing is that I don't care about it, but it does break the rules. Yeah. And the problem is like I don't care a lot about it either. It's just that there has to be like I, I just want there to be testing and rules and then, you know, if you can get away with it otherwise I, I really don't care that much. I yeah, I'm 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 in the same vein as that because 
I mean, it could it could all go too far. I mean, you could you could see that if there were no rules on it, like who know you know, people who have well, plenty of money, like Verlander, I, like the you know the Scherzers of the world, like those guys could be getting their blood spun and EPO <laughs> and you know and all that stuff just all day long, and it isn't fair. But the argument I've always made is that no one takes a look at the fact that that the way in the ways that surgery has changed the game and how this is going to affect the way we look at the medical ethics of this going forward. Because you know, there's all these pitchers out there who you know, if you want to take the natural baseball player, they naturally blew their elbow and their shoulders out, and then they yeah. get cadaver ligaments, and you know, all and ligaments move from other parts of their body, and then they get to come back. Nobody yeah, gets to come back from being the- thirty-four and just having bad knees. You know, there's no, you can't take you know performance-enhancing drugs or HGH or something like that, um, and and rehab that stuff. But pitchers can get put back together, and the I don't know what the calculus is there. I guess you know it's a repair and it brings you back to whatever your natural state is. I don't know if that's if that argument is even made, but you know, if, if that's the argument, then the same argument should have to hold true for older players who, okay, you're 35. Now you get to take rights until you retire. Let's just see how you do. Yeah. To balance you out. But I mean, I look at a guy like Johnny Ventures with three and a half Tommy John surgeries or something like that. And yeah. he's pitching now. Mm-hmm. That guy's got a cyborg arm. Like, yep. yep. let's be real here. So and I, I mentioned this, sele- you know, all these guys should be naturally selected out all these arms, you know, that blow out, like that should be it. And these hitters shouldn't have to deal with them, but they do. So, and and I look at it like I talked. I, I mentioned in our Slack channel today that I had interviewed the head athletic trainer for the Dodgers ages ago mm, yeah. um, for a book I was writing, totally unrelated to, to baseball stuff. But like I was interviewing her for some other stuff, and I'm like, how does it work with something like a painkiller? Because I wanted to know in the situation with a guy like Zach Greinke, where he had his collarbone broken. Um, yeah. like how would that kind of thing work? Like whether what's the testing protocol for that? And she, you know, she kind of made it clear at the time that they do make sure that all the medications are tracked, but we kind of, she kind of laughed about it. She's like, I wonder if they should consider a painkiller performance enhancing drug, um, yeah. because it certainly does help their performance at the time. Um, yeah. So cortisone it, shots and swollen joints. Yeah, it, yeah. It's like, where do you draw the line on what is and isn't Okay is my question. And I really don't think we're, we've really had that conversation. Like all that stuff I was just talking, you know, like I, you just don't see like, yeah, this discussion, you know, happen at the highest levels of the game. Maybe it, maybe it does maybe in closed rooms somewhere, Joe Torrey and, you know, Jim Leland and Rob Manfred are all together with, you know, owners and whoever else like debating this all out. But I, I just doubt it. I think they, they prefer all this to just kind of go away and, well, they're too busy giving people citations for wearing black shoes mm-hmm. and Venezuelan armbands, which is the other stupidest fucking thing in baseball right now. I know. You see uh, MLB do something good, like figure out that, okay, we shouldn't just fuck the pinch, pitching ninja over. We should, like, you know, integrate him into our team. And then the next week it's all like, oh, we don't like your shoes. Those aren't league approved. And Yeah. yeah so for anybody that awesome. isn't aware, they're citing players for, for having shoes that are having cleats that are not at least, I think, 51% team colors. Yeah. Um, so anything within team colors is okay, which is why you see guys on the Tigers wearing, like, the bright orange and stuff like that at away games. That's fine because it matches colors. Um, but I think it was um, Mike Clevenger from the Indians got cited because he had gray cleats with a pink design on them Yeah. Um, that had been custom-made for him. And then um, Ben Zobras from the Cubs got cited because he wears um, black kind of PF Flyer style shoes. Um, that's an homage to old school, um, the old school 
like stuff that guys would wear out in the in back in the day. Yeah, 70s, 80s, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like he's just like respecting the game with that. Uh, and he got cited because they're black and there's no black in the Cubs uniforms, obviously. Um, and then somebody else got cited today. So they're like really cracking down on this. And then. Um, yeah, and there doesn't <sighs> seem to be any like, you know, any, um, you know, advertising contracts that are being violated by this as far no. as I can tell. So, you know, I mean, that you could understand if there's, you know, if it's and all then, contractual with various, you know, shoe manufacturers. But that, <laughs> yeah. that's not But it. I mean, like Bryce Harper was allowed to wear Louis Vuitton cleats because they were the right color. Yeah. And that was fine. Uh, but like, then Wilson Contreras from the Cubs, the and Cubs catcher. those were also sweet, by the way. Okay. Yeah, those were pretty, pretty sweet. Um, but Wilson <laughs> Contreras got dinged today for wearing uh, his Venezuelan arm sleeve. Yeah, I mean. That he's on. been wearing all season and i'm pretty sure um jesus Sucre from the Braves and a couple other guys have a similar thing and a really like like the part of me that doesn't believe that anybody is just doing things for the rules and is that everybody's kind of doing things to be a dick um <laughs> genuinely believes that this is kind of the mlb's way of sticking it to the mlbpa yeah um for for all the shit that they went through in the off season, which is funny that, because the MLP BPA did little other than roll over and show their belly and beg for belly rubs and treats. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> pretty it's much stupid, got taken to school over the past I, year and a half. I feel like because of the conflict that was created between the two parties in the off season, they're being real sticklers for some stupid, stupid shit. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you don't want to like work with us then. You know what we're going to do? We're going to start issuing fines for weird-looking cleats. Yeah, and it didn't really start, like, right at the beginning of the season. It's really been, like, this last week. It just seems like they've been on an absolute, you know, mission yeah. to bust oh, all God. these kids, which is just weird. And it's so stupid, because if the, if the idea is to, like, sneakily have vengeance, the MLB is the one that's looking really dumb here. Yep. Like, who cares what color somebody's cleats are? Like, if they're not covered in, like, really like inappropriate like nudie <laughs> artwork yeah, or like or racist I nonsense i genuinely do not care what a man's cleats are and 99 percent <laughs> of the time i don't think anybody on that field notices. notices yeah for sure like who cares if ben zobris is wearing black cleats you can't tell the difference yeah uh, it's know. so it's just, dumb. Yeah, and it really, I mean, you, you probably put it best there, just looking at it as like a, a power play to kind of come back at, at the union and take some shots at the players. Because yeah, that was the statement. Goofy. That was the MLB statement saying, oh, well, you agreed to this with oh, the, you. you know, with their last contract negotiation. Yeah. So take it up with the MLBPA. And I'm like, oh, are you guys kidding me with this? I know. So, yeah, so, you know, there's, there's, there's the bad and the bad. The league is being stupid, and Robinson Cano was stupid. And uh, I guess we should maybe talk about the Tigers well, uh, or something. Yeah, before we do, let's just let's just click out a couple little things because we've had like AJ Pollock got get got hurt again, which he does every year. So <laughs> the high flying Diamondbacks may be in a little bit of trouble, but the Dodgers are still way way behind and looking in trouble. So there's that. Um, you know, Shohei Otani is still doing well. Adani Hechevarria had an incredible, like, crazy, like, Spider-Man slide where he, like, oh my God, the it face was so and good. then they played, like, some kind of lightning round of twister with the catcher <laughs> until he could score. So those were the kind of, like, fun, those are the fun items over the weekend. But, yes, yeah, so let's get to the Tigers, who have been remarkably fun and just dumb. Like, we just, Brandon. it just feels dumb. But somehow Brandon. they just keep doing fun things and coming back, and it's bizarre. Brandon. 
Break it down. The tigers DFA'd Chad Bell, and mm-hmm. he cleared, and he he was taken. And he was taken Braves. off waivers by the Braves, who seem to really like taking the Tigers' mediocre pitching. I know they've still got. Yep, they've still got Annabelle they, down there. Yep, it's. Uh, but I mean, Annabelle's doing really well down there in three games. He's got a one six seven ERA, I think, something yep. stupid like that. Yeah, you just wonder so, if maybe he just needed to see a whole bunch of different hitters. You know, one of those things like with Francisco Rodriguez, where he came up in twenty sixteen to the American League, and all of a sudden he was good again for most of the year, and then everyone got used to him, and by the end of the year it was fading, and twenty seventeen was just a freaking clusterfuck. So. Yes, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Allow me to take you down memory lane into the. I was there. The I remember. Pepperidge Farm remembers. But I do like to think about that moment where it was clear that Francisco Rodriguez was kicking up a fuss and he'd blown a whole bunch of saves. Because I said something at the time last year that is I keep thinking about lately with what's going on with the Tigers, which was that, you know, expectations really are kind of a bitch. And. You saw how that team, you know, the the Tigers in 2017 came out and just kind of just laid an egg like the whole first half. And, you know, just that pressure of like, you know, this is your last shot and, you know, you're not you're not getting, you know, we're not going out and trading for, you know, players to help you guys. You know, you've got to be in first place and doing well or we're going to trade everybody away. And just, you know, just the spirit, you know, kind of killer that 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 must be when you're struggling early in the season you got all this talent around you and you just cannot find the mojo as a team. You just cannot find the, you know, that, that gear together where you're all having a good time and playing hard. Um, and then you come out this year and you see a team that has absolutely nothing to lose. And, you know, they're not setting the world on fire, but they've been like just hilariously entertaining so far. And it just seems like when they need big hits, they're getting them from the most random places and escaping so jams. Weird. They're not even playing like good baseball in a lot of ways. There's, you know, the defenses booting balls, you know, two or three There's a, a lot of luck involved. They're running Absolutely. through stop signs. Jacoby Jones just will not stop running the bases. Once, <laughs> Jacoby once Jones he almost ran Dave, Dave Clark. Clark over. <laughs> like, that is a great part of that clip is when Dave Clark realizes, like, oh, this 6'5", 220-pound, <laughs> like, wild pony is running right at me. I gotta get out of here. Yeah, should I better move? <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, it really has been fun. And that's what it is. You know what? Like, I thought this year, and I'm sure I've said this before on the podcast, but I thought this year was going to be a real bummer. Like, I just thought it would be, oh, great. Maybe we'll see a couple innings of interesting ball out of some of the young guys. But, like, I just thought it was going to be kind of a downer, like, real slog of a season to get through. Yeah, me too. But, man, alive, are they making it fun? Like, I saw the score for the game today because I was out doing some stuff and I got home around the fifth inning and I'm like, well, yeah, that's about right for an Indians Tigers game, but I'll watch the end anyway. And as I'm tuning in, I'm like, Oh, there's a run. Oh, there's another run. I'm like, what is happening here? Yep. Like this team doesn't make any sense. And I love it. Oh, and and here comes Andrew Miller. Oh oh, yeah. And I'm like, Oh, Andrew Miller's in. Well, that's the end of that. Nice try boys. But like, then that happened broken andrew miller it's so sad to watch a guy whose command is as like unbelievably good as andrew miller's yeah like god andrew miller could like you know line in a house like painting wise with the way he frames pitches like yeah Yeah. he's just so tight in the corners and it's so weird to watch him not have that kind of command um, and I know it's got to suck for the Indians fans, yeah. the ones them that I like. And you um, see his stuff, you know, when 
at his best, like the last couple of years, his stuff is so sharp. Like the slider and the fastball looks so yeah. good. But without the command, all of a sudden it all looks, and without the, you know, the goatee and the long hair, it all just looks very mediocre. You know, it's just like, yeah, this guy, just, yeah, some random long arm slinging lefty here. Big deal. Just another lanky reliever. And it's so weird to not see the Andrew Miller that I've seen the last three years. Yeah. Like, Yep, and he's I, like, again, I'm not he's complaining. Pitched, yeah, and he, you know, and he'll probably get it together. He's, you know, he's only a couple outings back from being injured and stuff. But yeah, you know, he's pitched a lot of innings. You look at kind of like Dylan Batanzas, um, Kenley Jansen, like some of these guys who've been really leaned on to carry teams the past couple years. Um, and even Araldus Chapman last year didn't have you know his best year, although he was still pretty good. He's kind of got it back this year. But you're seeing some of these super relievers kind of, kind of showing a little bit of the wear and tear. It seems like, and um, yeah, Andrew yeah. Miller chief among them yeah it's uh kind of sad but again like i said not complaining when it comes to facing off against the tigers i was happy to watch him walk in a run which is apparently he has not given up three walks in an inning since 2009 wow and the only time he did that before before 2009 was in 2006 when he was with the tigers <laughs> and it was like his third appearance oh yeah yeah, so I mean, to say that it was a real anomaly tonight uh, is is kind of an understatement. It yeah, it's not like he's up against weird. a bunch of guys with like you know just incredible plate discipline and you know people he has to be scared of and stuff like that. It was like John, you know, James McCann and you know John Hicks and Nico Goodrum and these these type guys. Yeah. Like, Although Nico Goodrum is you know is so well, hot he's right on like now. a five or six game hitting streak now. Yep, got three home runs in the past four games. I think. Yeah, I mean he's he's been hot, and Jacoby, like, just seems to keep getting it done somehow. Like his average hasn't gone up that much, and he's still, you know, the strikeouts have kind of gone back up to like twenty five, twenty eight percent where you kind of expect, and he's not walking, but he's still just hitting the ball hard everywhere. It seems like even games when he's you know he goes over four, he lines out to right and center a couple times. Still seeing some good contact from him, so um, yeah, it'd be nice if Nico Goodrum could play defense without booting it all over himself. But since Dixon Machado can't stop booting it all over, um, <laughs> you might see you might see a lot more Nico Goodrum for a while. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, with with Jamer, that's the other thing we should probably mention. With uh, I know the injury. Uh, yeah, Jamer Candelario mm-hmm. is on the DL now, um, which is, and I'm, I'm going to talk about this more this week. Um, I think it's a smart move. I'm I'm really happy the Tigers are doing it, um, but it sucks from a perspective of having to to put one of the best hitters on the team on the disabled list. Especially um, a yo- the young guy who kind yeah. of represents the future maybe more than anybody, yeah. And it, it's a tough situation because right now I think he's 10-day DL. Um, but the thing is, is that they've, they've pretty much made it a given that what's going on with his wrist um, is something that's going to need surgery. Um, and he's been playing in pain, I think, since the beginning of the year, and it's not something that's going to heal in yeah. a 10-day DL stint. And, and, they, he, and they knew about it even before we traded for him, so yeah. he, he's had so it for it, a year, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it, it's one of those things where I'm really hoping that the Tigers kind of make the smart call in lieu of what the player and the fans want. Like, just give him the surgery now and hope that he's better by spring training next year. Yeah, I mean, the only problem, though, is that, the, you know, the more I hear them describing this surgery, it seems like it's just super tricky. Like, when you get deep into the wrist with all the all those little yeah. bones, the hammet, and all those other little bones in there, this piece of cartilage and, and tendon and ligament and everything that's, that, what is it called, the triangular 
the triangle fibrocartilage complex. Like apparently the surgery is like pretty complex and it's very easy for it to take like a year to heal from. And you might not really see, you know, the benefits that, that you hope to. It may really never kind of go away. Um, he's been hitting with it anyway, but it's, it's annoying because it's one of those injuries that starts to sound like it's going to be, you know, something that he kind of has to deal with his whole career. Um, I guess, yeah. You know, I guess Carlos Guillen um, had had to kind of deal with the same thing. Although Carlos Guillen had enough knee injuries, where he, he probably had plenty of time to rehab the wrist as well. So, but yeah, that yeah. that was kind of a drag, and you know, and it kind of comes, you know, at the end of a, a whole string of injuries from Daniel Norris needing surgery to Miguel Cabrera going down with the hamstring, and um, Leonis Martin went down with the hamstring, and Jordan Zimmerman went down with the shoulder impingement and then somehow Alex Wilson tore his entire plantar fascia plantar he's got yeah his fascia fascia yeah I got plantar fasciitis I should know this (laughs) so do I (laughs) yeah (laughs) we're old and walking Mm -hmm. hurts um sometimes you wake up in the morning and your feet are dead for a few minutes oh I know that feeling so well limp your way into the kitchen to get your coffee yeah i still blame one particular night when i was delivering the mail when i was a, a mailman in another lifetime like out way out in the country and it was like just like four degrees all day long and by the time we all got back into the shop it was like seven at night and it was i was like i was just walking on these two wooden stumps like <laughs> i was like i think i have some deep-seated frostbite issues that are just deep oh in there. no but no it's probably just the damn plantar fasciitis so yeah. So, uh, yeah, it seems like a lot. And it, you know what's funny about it is that with all those guys out, you wouldn't expect the Tigers to be doing what they're doing. Yeah. And yet they're still winning games. I mean, you had Cassianos on on the bench for a couple of days as well. And the guys were still doing fine. And we've got guys like Pete Cosma in the lineup. And I tweeted this weekend that Pete Cosma looked like he time traveled here from 1994. <laughs> and it's just these weird guys that we're seeing in the lineup right now. And yet somehow they're still beating the Indians nine to eight. Yeah. And you look through the, you know, a lot of these guys numbers aren't particularly good. It's not like they're all just on fire. They're just getting, they're just getting timely hits. It's just the dangerous thing. You know, like you look at our bullpen and look at like the ERA and the DRA. It's like, now we've got like two relievers who are worth a damn. And, you know, we've got a couple well, now we starters got one of, who are okay, we got but. The- guy like blaine hardy who's now one of our starters yeah like and i i suspect we will see him in the starting rotation again he had a fine outing on sunday full disclaimer we we are big fans of blaine and nikki hardy so i fully (laughs) blame nikki and i don't know if she listens to our podcast but i feel like my my like fangirlness of nikki like just because i just want to hang out with her because she's a super genius i know she's really smart and super she's just a really cool lady um she was on the broadcast tonight which i thought was kind of cool um doing a little behind the scenes chatting about how she and blaine like world of warcraft which i which i thought was pretty cute um but i think yeah i think her presence and she's actually part of the vyb community which is really cool um she comments sometimes and has written a couple posts for us yeah um and and i think that definitely gives us a little bit more of an invested interest in Blaine doing well. Mm-hmm. But we also beyond, need a lefty. Like. <laughs> but we need a good lefty. Yeah, we You're do. right. And he had, I think, a really serviceable outing on Sunday. Like, he gave up, what, four runs? No, he gave up, like, eight runs. But no, no, eight, bad, eight, not it? eight runs, eight hits. Yeah, Sorry. Okay. Yeah, that was you. my bad. He gave up eight <laughs> hits. But it, in all, like, it really was a decent showing, considering what some of our other starters have done yeah but it was just like a first start this year of like 
eh, you know, only went like five, you know, innings-ish, but, you know, gave up one or two runs. Like, just didn't, you know, didn't break somehow. I thought it was so sweet. After the game, Gardy was saying when he went out to take the ball away from Blaine at like five points, like (laughs) in the fifth, that Blaine's like, I couldn't even go five innings. And like Pete Cosmo's like, dude, you're a reliever. Like you did fine. So I I thought it was pretty sweet that he kind of like got down on himself for not going as far into the game as he wanted to. That's getting cocky. Um, That's because... That's because Blaine Hardy put together like five of the most dominant starts you'll ever see in AAA. <laughs> oh my god! Like what he had he like striking out seven three or something yeah, ERA out coming ten in. a game like in two different games. Like this is not the Blaine Hardy we were familiar with. And I guess yeah, he got to work on some of his other stuff. You know, working as a starter and yeah, you know that, that's it's kind of interesting to let a guy try that. You know, they tried it with Alex Wilson in in spring training and that didn't go so well. But uh, for Blaine Hardy, it seemed to kind of rejuvenate him a little bit. Like. You know, you almost got, de- you get, you did get DFA'd, you know, you, your whole career kind of, could have started to go down the toilet and um, instead they, they gave him starting role and bam. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I'm, I'm here for this story. It's one of my favorite things this season mm-hmm. and I fully admit to being really biased about Blaine Hardy. I just, I like the Hardys a lot. Yeah. We've always um, been fans too. Yeah. They're just but, kind of friends of the site in general. So, yeah. So, I mean, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's kind of a cool story to watch, just seeing like that you know you're a loogie guy almost like mm-hmm. Hardy did he could do a couple innings in relief if need be, but he was never like a long haul reliever, yeah. and now he could be like a sixth or like regular rotation fifth starter this season, and that's weird and super cool. Yeah, I mean, and it's easy to forget that you know Blaine Hardy from like. You know, 2014, 15, and 16, those first couple of Osmus years, he was pretty good. I mean, yeah. he, was a, he, was a, he was a very solid loogie who could, you know, could handle more than that. And and that kind of, like, fastball upstairs, you know, even though he's not, he doesn't have particularly good velocity, that and a pretty nice curveball, like, that was a pretty good combination. And, you know, he seems to have worked on his, sli- his changeup and his slider a little bit. And, yeah, we'll just see how it goes. Um, you know, we're desperate for a reliever because Ron Gardenhire is running Joe Jimenez out there. Seemingly every day, um, Joe Jimenez at this point has more innings. Well, he did going into tonight had more innings than anyone in the American League, which is not good news. <laughs> is no, not, that that cannot go on like that. We do not want Joe Jimenez getting worn out. But um, so it was nice to see some other guys kind of manage to survive at least tonight and get him through one one game. And Shane Green continues to look a little sketchy and somehow get it done. Um, and that's fine because Shane Green seems like a dude who just gets better. As the year goes through the season, yeah, he had like issues last season too. Mm -hmm. Um, At the beginning of the year, he definitely wasn't uh, the most reliable guy, and then by the time uh, Francisco Rodriguez was done, he was the obvious kind of guy to step into that role. But that was what June or July. Yeah, like it was late. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm not, I'm not done with Shane Green yet. I think that he'll be fine. He's had those ongoing issues with like the finger numbness. Yeah. And he's he's having to learn how to pitch anew without having feeling in some of his fingers. Like <laughs> I, I, I think we can give the guy a bit of a break and let him find his groove. Yeah. Even when we kind of discovered Shane Green, you know, I I remember him just, just owning the Tigers in one start when he came up with the Yankees, but he just, you know, he just kind of came up with the Yankees in the second half and no one expected anything. And he put together 10 or 11 just really, really solid starts. And, you know, that that, that kind of just set the trend of a guy who, you know, sometimes struggles early in the year. And, you know, as long as he's healthy, we'll pick it up. So I'm not, yeah, I'm not worried about him either. Um, we just need another guy 
another another arm and it, it doesn't appear to be sawpole maybe it'll be farmer but just just someone else to take a little bit of the pressure off these guys so we're not burning out you know our our probably best trade chip and you know our hopeful closer of the future in Jimenez so yeah 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 we just need to you know do a little better job taking care of those guys I can't really kill Guardy because you know you, you want to win the games like it's frustrating to be late in the game and know you need this guy and and not use him but um yeah I, I would hope the front office would eventually put the call down like could you please please give Joe Jimenez a day or two off here somewhere so he doesn't blow anything up yeah, let's keep him healthy if we can. Yep. Don't need any more disabled list stints. Yeah. But yeah, by and large, like the Tigers just kind of continue to play okay. Like we haven't seen, you know, great starting pitching. We haven't seen, you know, great relief pitching. They just kind of keep getting it done. Um, and, you know, Michael Fulmer hasn't been real good yet. He's been, you know, kind of solid, but not, not, not like a good pitcher at this point. Like he's still having these outings where he kind of loses his command. Um, and meanwhile, Matt Boyd just continues to sort of mix up like this crazy stew of slow and faster fastballs and slow and faster changeups and curveballs and sliders and just mix the whole thing together. And he's been pretty effective. So um, those two guys have at least, you know, kind of held the line. But you can you can also see the cracks, you know, like Francisco Liriano getting hit tonight. Um, Mike Fares. It's it's hard to kind of see that that holding up. So. You know, this this may all just be a pipe dream, and a month from now we're looking back, you know, 10 games at the Indians and like, oh, what were we thinking? But but so far, just, it's been entertaining, just, and that's all we could ask. Um, <laughs> if we win the game tomorrow, if the Tigers win the game tomorrow, yep. we'll be tied for first in the Central. And, and really, I think we agreed before the show even started. That's all we wanted. We just, we want to be in first at some point. <laughs> That would be great. It would just it would just make me laugh so, so damn hard. So bizarre. I, will, I don't even. I will troll Matt Lyons over at Let's Go Tribe, and we'll, we'll just have a great time. Matt's suffering right now. Be nice to him. I know. He you should have of... seen the game recap they posted on the weekend. Really? There was just like a full glitch screen saying bullpen, 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 bullpen. And I think we of anybody can rec- recognize how hard it is to watch a bullpen blow a game. Yeah, And to be that team that like is supposed to do this thing and kind of can't seem to get going and look a little little deer in the headlights yeah. over there at this point. So It's rough. I mean, I love to see the Tigers Calloway. beat the Indians, but... Um, it still sucks to see a team lose like that, especially with like a bullpen that's supposed to be as good. Like, yeah. I don't know. There's something about the Indians too, where I, you know, it's, it's sort of like the Royals. Like they weren't good enough long enough for me to get like super pissed at them. Like, you know, it's almost like the last thing I remember is, you know, JD Martinez hitting like 10,000 runs off Cody Allen in 2014 <laughs> and 2015. And then it was like, oh, all of a sudden, like 2016, there they were and they, and they were good. So I, I haven't really worked up all that much uh, animosity toward those guys any more than I have the Royals. So yeah, it's, it's, you know, I'm not going to feel too bad for them, but yeah, I, I don't take a whole lot of particular pleasure, but I definitely would take a ton of pleasure in being in first place for a little bit. Right. That yeah, would just make me gleeful for a couple of days because it is silly. It is silliness. So, I mean, there isn't a ton going on with the Tigers. I mean, we're just trying to search for, you know, a reliever to hear otherwise. And as far as the draft goes, it seems like, you know, Casey Mize is kind of the guy and nothing is, I, I, it's hard to imagine anything changing that at this point, as much as we might like Nick Madrigal, probably going to be disappointed on that front um and Casey Mize will probably be fine so okay yeah I mean Casey Mize they'll probably like we've talked they'll probably just dump him right into Erie Mm -hmm. uh so I think we're gonna see him a lot sooner than we might have I mean I don't think we would have had to wait too long on Madrigal either yeah probably um maybe even less yeah like I, I I don't think that 
I don't know. <clears throat> it'll be fine. Whoever we get, it'll be fine. Yeah. I, I'm, I very much accepted that Casey Mize is the guy at this point, no matter how much I like Nick Madrigal, but... I mean, the Tigers could surprise us. We don't work in the front office. We don't know what they're discussing. We yeah. just know what we've seen year after year after year after year. Power arm, power arm, yep. power arm. So, righty, 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 righty. Maybe that'll work. Um, it's just that you know, and I and I've thought about writing about this, but like a lot of things this season, we have so many new players. I've been trying to be more patient and wait. You know, try to give it like forty plus games before we start. You know, really, really deep diving into the stats, but. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, you just look at Dixon Machado and you know, Jose Iglesias is gone and Dabo Lugo, you know, probably isn't going to be an answer. And you just, you just look at the, that middle infield and think like, okay, that's it. That's just, that's what's got to be fixed. You know, there's plenty of pitching coming. Got to find yeah. a way to fix this middle infield in a year or two before Miguel Cabrera gets too old to really contribute. And then we've got another kind of albatross around her neck. So that's yeah. on you, Alavila. Uh, Figure it out. That's what I've been saying. I mean, get yourself a, a near game ready second baseman, but Okay, what do we know? We're just a bunch what? of mooks on the internet. What do we know? We just watch all the games and see where your deficits are, but whatever. I've been right a bunch of times when you <laughs> Anyway. Just saying. I've got a whole list in my head of things I've been right about. I need that. I need that list. It gives me confidence about the things I've been wrong about. <laughs> you, I am, I'm assuming you do not also keep a list of things you've been wrong about. I don't need a list of those because they're like they're too present <laughs> in my head. <laughs> those just those burn on me a little bit. But yeah, so you know we'll we'll just have to kind of see how those guys play it all out. Um, as far as the minor leagues going right now, like I know everyone's out there like Kristen Stewart. I don't care who you have to get off this goddamn team. I want to see Kristen Stewart come up and just mash. Oh my god, people are obsessed. Yeah. Why? And I'm yeah. I want to see him come up and mash dingers too. But he's a defensive liability. Like maybe let's not burn a year of his. No, I'm told Lynn Henning says he's fine. Everybody says you know. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah, okay, cool. Lynn I'm a, Henning totally knows. But... I know. I'm in a tough spot with Lynn Henning because I like Lynn and we talk and and some and then sometimes he'll just make these crazy. Team friendly. I just had lunch good. with Al at the uh, at Tejas de Brazil downtown, and now I'm all just stoked about these things. Kind yeah, of, uh, Lynn comments. is a great guy, but he's drinking the Kool Aid if he thinks that Christian Stewart's not a liability in the defense. Yeah, like if he's, he's not going to miss Nick Castellanos. We'll be damn lucky. That's all I'll say. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's the best you can hope for defensively. Yep. So um, cool. If everybody's just gung ho to see him mash dingers, and then also you know, give up a ton of long doubles. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, because he can't catch a damn thing. Um, sure. That's let's you know, do that's that and, thing. And, and burn an option while we're at it. Yeah, that's the real thing. Um, like, there's just no reason. We just there's just no rush, people. Pretty just chill out. There's I, there's no necessary cause for him right now. Yeah. So yeah, the I wouldn't be surprised to, to see him in September. Oh, for sure, and maybe even sooner. Like, I could see him coming up. You know. For an injury, like if Victor got hurt, you know, went on the 10-day, yeah. like bring him up and let him DH for a little bit. But yes. you know, he just needs to keep playing outfield and hopefully improving. Um, I would like to believe that he's improving as much as some of our uh, our journalists are saying. I totally don't believe that. But, you know, if he if he can improve even a little bit, the bat looks like it might carry him anyway. Because, oh boy, is he mashing taters down there. I mean, he's he hitting sure 300. Is. He's got 11 home runs. He's hitting two a game over the weekend. Um, yeah, Kristen Stewart looks like the bat is absolutely as legit 
as anybody out there. And, you know, if he just turns out to be a Willie Calhoun type player who just hits the crap out of the ball and doesn't really have a position and you just kind of fit him in, that's that's a perfectly useful bench player. And you can get him 400 at, you know, at bats and, and not have him hurt you defensively. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. And then in the meantime, you know, at Erie, like Sandy Baez has been pitching reasonably well. Kyle Funkhauser had a good outing. Will Burroughs has had a good outing. So some of these guys are starting to put it together. Um, we'll see Matt Manning and see if he can come back after the last outing he had, which was freaking killer, and uh, put two in a row together. That would be nice. Alex Fiedo has been kind of a disappointment, but I have a lot to say about that, and I'm not going to do it here. We'll just <laughs> um, we'll just kind of hope that he can kind of right the ship there because he had a lot of success in college, and you know you just kind of have to give him some time, I guess, and see if he can figure out a way to deal with these high A ball hitters who we expected him to just carve up left and right. Hasn't happened yet. Yeah, well, that happens when you take just fucking righty, righty, righties in the draft story. I am beating the dead horse. Every at least they got want. I know. At least we've got like you know some freaky guys like Lewis Coleman, and you know they've got John Schreiber, and uh, oh damn it, who's the other one? Is it Jeff Thompson? We've got another kind of side armor down there at Erie. Um, so you know, at least they've they've kind of picked up on like hey maybe we should try some guys who don't all throw the same way and see what happens this lewis goldman experiment is very interesting to me yeah he's a strange one isn't he he's he's what is he 30? he's an odd choice but he seems to be doing okay yeah at least there, i mean there's a different look there that you know we're not used to seeing and i don't know maybe a little bit of funk that that could be effective he's a good slider and sneaky fastball he sure, going. He sure looks like a tiger's reliever <laughs> Yeah, except for the fact that he throws weird, because everybody else just kind of, you know, three quarters, 94, 95. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Oh, he's 32. Yeah, I remember him being in the Royals organization. It just never happened for him there. And, yeah, he kicked around a few years. Dodgers, Reds, Diamondbacks, and... Yeah. All right, he's 32, and he's never been successful, so... <laughs> probably yeah, I'm not great, saying but, that he's going to be, like, the, the great white hope or anything. I just think he's an interesting team on a daily basis. I was just like, who's this? Yeah, who's that? Like, I don't, I didn't remember him being signed. Nothing. There's been a lot of that. So... You know, guys like Johnny Barbato and Kevin Comer and Ryan Carpenter, like, on some of these guys. But, yeah, we kind of are. Because what the hell, right? You know what I just noticed? What? Sorry, this is exciting. If you you know how if you scroll over Fangraphs player search bar, like the top ten most search players come up in ma- under the major leagues and then under the minor leagues. Kristen Stewart is number ten, popped up there with Bo Bichette, wow. Tim Tebow, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. <laughs> Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow is successful right now. He's actually getting it done, and it's just it's just making me. Yeah, laugh. Tim Tebow is a weird story. It really is. Weird, and he's like double A, double double A, and he's got a one twenty eight WRC yeah, like plus. He's striking Bing out forty two percent of the time, but yeah, <sighs> it's so weird. Oh, is he a bat? Is he with the Binghamton? Oh, the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. That's right, the Rumble Ponies. That's one of my favorite <laughs> names. So good. Yeah, no, that is a good one. <laughs> Rumble Ponies. <laughs> oh man, minor league teams never change. Yeah, there's some good names out there for sure. Yeah, that's one of the funny things about doing the minor league recaps. Although, like the thrill is over, but I I kind of knew most of the teams, and obviously we miss out on a lot, of the, like the West Coast half of of the minor leagues. But yeah, just just getting yeah. used to all the names, the Altoona Curve and the Threshers of Clearwater, and who is it, the Fire Frogs? The Florida Fire Frogs. The Lairs, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, The Yard Goats. Yes, the Hartford Yard Goats. Yeah, they're pretty good. Um, The Iron Pigs are always fun. 
Although I'm really miffed at them because at the beginning of the season, I gave them a really good promo idea and they did not take it because they did a Star Wars night. And I'm like, if y'all don't change your name to the Iron Porgs for that day, I'm going to be so disappointed in you. And they did not. And I'm like, how could you not take advantage of this? Yeah, that's just a disgrace is what all that is. Yeah. Jeez. Well, so, um, but there's the the other cool thing about the minor leagues, right? This can't help everybody, can we? (laughs) <laughs> They're doing like a like a Spanish themed like bracket. So all like a bunch of the different teams have got like Spanish inspired names and hats for like a short series. <laughs> I wish yeah. I could remember what this is called, and I feel really bad for it. But like it's like one of them is like the flying sandals because your your abuela used to beat you with them kind of thing. <laughs> Um, yeah. like, it's just, like, the, like, the kangarejos instead of the, you know, like, the Charlotte Stone Crabs or something. Like, yeah. it's so ridiculous. The ti- Well, the Tigers weren't in on it. I was bummed. None of the Tigers minor league affiliates were in. Um, but it's pretty effing hilarious. <laughs> and the hats are amazing. Oh, that's awesome. The ti- you know, yeah. the, the Tigers minor league affiliates are taking themselves very seriously this year. They they want to win. You know, they're they're like stock us up with a bunch of veteran 4A players. We want to get after it. Although it's, it's I did Copa like a, de la Diversion. I'm ah, I yeah. have it now. It's so it's like the diversity cup basically. Oh, cool. Um so it's yeah, it's 33 teams. Um, they'll do select games throughout the year. So, like, the Durham Bulls were the Toros. That was one. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, some of these are so great. Yeah, the Charlotte Caballeros. Um, yes. But, yes, you have to look up the hats. Like, just search, like, uh, Copa de la Diversion, or, honestly, you could search my MIL like MILB um, Spanish hats. And that's how I found it. Um, These hats are unbelievably good. um, And I want all of them. Like there's one that has like a a Mexican wrestler on it. Oh, Um, a Lucha, Luchador. Yeah. Luchador. Thank you. Uh, There's like a Chupacabra. (laughs) (laughs) They're so good. They're just so good. Um, Maybe I'll have to buy you one of these hats. Please, yeah. I will always take ridiculous, ridiculous hat. <laughs> it, yeah, the Cangreos Fantasmas. I, I just need to insure myself some magical Canadian baked goods. <laughs> the ghost holidays. crabs. Oh, the ghost crabs, yes. <laughs> Cangreos Fantasmas de Chesapeake. Oh, these are so good. Oh, I but... can't get over it. That's a great uh, idea. I'm sorry, but I'm also laughing because I'm seeing Rob tweeting on Twitter, one game back in capital letters. The El Paso Chihuahuas, like, I'm sorry, I'm just on a tangent now, but these hats are amazing. I know, we've got to get you off this and take you to another subject that you also will be super stoked about, which is those new Harry Potter jerseys for the Mudhens. Oh my god! Okay. With the, like, snakeskin, like, matte finish-looking They are so cool. I think last year they did, like, a Gryffindor theme with them. Yep, and they look Uh, all like dorks. I mean, they look like giant dorks last year, I have not forgotten that. Yeah, so, like, let's much better. Slytherin colors are way cooler. I'm afraid they are. Um, And I say that as a Ravenclaw. Um, But, like, these uniforms are so cool. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're as cool as something that's as nerdy as Harry Potter Night can be. Um, And I say this as a grown adult woman who, in, like, two weeks' time, will be at Universal at Harry Potter Land. Um, Yeah. I'm super into it. I'm so excited. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 
Yep, I love when they do this kind of thing. It's you know, it's it's just super fun. Not to mention, obviously, it's a, a whole excuse for them to sell a whole bunch. But and then we understand this. But merchandise is cool. We're into it. So good job, good job, M I Tiny I L B. Mini I. Good job, to Mini I. All right, I have, I have one final topic tonight because we're we're about an hour in. Okay, so the United States Supreme Court has struck down some of the bans you know, on legalized sports gambling that had allowed Las Vegas all this time to basically monopolize this whole industry. And we don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if there's going to be, you know, like gambling at machines at your local bar. I don't know if you're going to have to go to a casino. And, you know, if I'm going to have to go downtown Detroit to like MGM or something to put down some sports bets or what the deal is. But how, how do you feel about this? Does it does it just make sense this, because Las Vegas has always been able to do it? People can go on Bovada. I do not bet very much. The only bet I have made of any substance in recent years was that I bet Verlander to win the Cy Young in 2016, and I put down like $300, and I was fit. I was set to win like I can't even remember how much. It was it was too much, and I, it's best I don't even think about it because I was so pissed that night. I was I was madder than Kate Upton was, but so so. Would would you? I mean, would you be someone? I don't even know what the rules are in Canada, but would you be? Someone well, we who have would sports bet? betting here. Like we, it works okay. the same way as lotteries do. And I, I don't know if it's like just football excuse. I never bet. Like I never bet on sports because I don't understand how. Mm-hmm. Um, the concept of over under. I think Cody from our site has tried to explain it to me like <laughs> seventy times, and I still use it wrong in like just like peripheral speech. I'm just that's like, what's the over under on this happening? And Cody's like, that's not how that works. Because engineers can't explain anything; they can only do it. <laughs> And I'm like, I don't know. I just like saying over under. Um, but like in Canada, you can bet on things like football and and that sort of thing. And so that it's, it works like at a lottery kiosk. So that's all you do. You go in and you enter your bet the same way you would if you wanted like a quick pick for like the Powerball or something. Oh, really? Okay. Um, and it, it's pretty basic. You just fill out a sheet and pop it in and it's just handled alongside regular lottery. Um, so I would expect that that's sort of what they'll do um, in the States. Yeah. Is that you'll, you'll just get cards that you fill out and you kind of place your bets accordingly. It's going to be um, interesting, just because you just don't know how things are ever going to go in the States. <laughs> oh, God. It, it's like, huge... it could, like, the licensing could all be locked down to just, like, a couple certain places, or it could be just open, yeah, wide up. I, I really don't know. And because this ruling just came down, like, even the States haven't really thought about it. It's just a fact of, like, just, like, the... You know, the spread of legalized marijuana, you know, via state law as opposed to federal law. Like, there's just all this damn money. And it's, you know, it's all going into the black market and the government never sees a dime. And, you know, they're finally wising up. Like, you know, the government... No, and I I agree that... The government pass on all this money. (laughs) It's a similar kind of idea. Like, they're legalizing marijuana nationwide here this summer in Canada. Um, Woo, trip to Canada. Yeah. Who cares? We're the New Amsterdam or whatever. It's not going to be like that. Me and Jacoby Um, Jones are coming to Montreal. (laughs) (laughs) um no but like it's one of those things where i really do wish they'd almost taken longer on it before deciding to say yeah we're gonna do this and to kind of figure out how they're gonna make it work like the legalities of like where it will be sold what the legal ages will be how will growers do it and how will it impact and and etc etc i wish they'd taken a year longer like i know people are gonna do it anyway and yes it's great to like decriminalize it and yeah. make it legal now and yes cool we're going to be making taxes off of it 
hurrah! But I know, we, can, we, can fun, we can fund the schools off like everyone's dumbassery, smoking weed, and especially in the states where oh my god, your teachers could use all the money they could get. Yeah. Um. But like, yeah, I, I think that these are great ideas, especially in the idea like something like a lottery can be taxed at a state or or federal level. Um. So I don't know. I, I just think they need to figure out what they're going to do with it before they they dive yeah. full in. Yeah, and I think, you know, like some of it here, you know, so that, you know, they could they could at least put some kind of a crimp in people driving while, you know, stoned out of their gourd and all that kind of thing. So, like, yeah. it seems like as some of those things have started to come along, like the, the attitude has changed and there's a little bit more, I don't know, at least like a vaguely libertarian kind of bent to even like some of the the far right that it's yeah it's just i think everyone's just kind of realized like we're spending a ton of money to lose money like you know so eventually you know once we've tried everything else in america we we get wise and do the smart thing so it seems like yeah we're we're on the pace with that but it'll be interesting to see how the the sports gambling goes because you just uh you know i mean anybody who's ever been down to the casino knows knows the sight of a whole bunch of desperate idiots, like, you know, ruining <laughs> the last vestiges of their financial future <laughs> down there. So it'll be a lingering scent of smoke in the air. But as long as it doesn't end up, I guess, affecting, you know, play on the field, you know, and you don't have players getting involved in these kind of things. Um, and hopefully all the sports will quickly wise up and, and get their rule set super tight as far as all that goes. So yeah. there's no loopholes and all that. I, I really, I don't see any major downside other than for people who would no doubt find some other way to ruin their life. So yeah, it'll be interesting I, to see how it goes. I mean, people who are going to gamble are going to find a way to gamble no matter what. Yeah. So yeah, there it is. Yeah. And as for us, we'll just keep watching this bizarre tiger team for as long as they can push, push forward and uh, keep looking respectable like this. It's, it's yeah, just have peculiar. Fun. We'll, well, the fun is fun. Yep. Enjoy the fun while the fun is fun. <laughs> it's my, it's our new podcast really... motto. My really deep insights into this season for the Tigers. Just have fun while the fun is fun. I'll go get that tattooed on a butt cheek as soon as we get out of here. Charming. That's delightful. Oh, Brandon. I know. So uh, I think that's brought us to the end. (laughs) I think that is is a derriere finale for this episode. That's right. And if you would like to support both my derriere and the podcast and the site, you can head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash boys, where we do have a recent podcast. Hey, you showed up at my professionalism. (laughs) (laughs) We do appreciate any donations that you guys can make over there. All that really helps us out on the site. Um, And we will have new content coming up there as well. Um, In about two weeks, Rob Rojacki, our site editor, and I will record another podcast and we'll really get into the draft and the farm system and after letting that breathe a little bit longer. But at the end... This is this is the end. I'm done now. We're not going to have anything else. The end is here. Ashley, do you have anything you need to sell or promote? Sell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have these nice Tupperware containers that have are fine. Read, no, I got Ashley's nothing. latest novel. All right. Uh, no, I don't have anything coming out until August, and I'm sure as hell not going to pitch it on a baseball podcast. Yeah, you should just enjoy the summer. You're going on vacation. Uh, you know what? Week, what right? the hell? You know what? I will say this. My first book is free right now. Um, on Amazon. So it, yeah, it's on free on Amazon right now. Um, so if you're into vampires and or werewolves and or just want to see how terrible slash maybe not terrible <laughs> writing is, um, my 
pen name is Sierra Dean, and the first book is Something Secret This Way Comes. Um, it's about a half vampire, half werewolf bounty hunter. Yeah, it's like Buffy meets True Blood. Well, I like so the title, that, though, yeah. Thank you. So Who that are you playing off of? Something Wicked This Way something Comes. Who was that? Comes. Is that Ray Bla- uh, Bradbury? By the Pricking of My Thumbs. Something yes. Wicked This Way Comes. Macbeth. Oh, well, that too, yeah. It's Ray Bradbury wrote. Yeah, something. that's what I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah, but the, <laughs> went the deeper, OG though, is is Macbeth. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know if you're keen, you want a free ebook. That's there. So that's me, you know, hawking my wares. Yeah, hawk those um, wares. But the ninth book in the series comes out in December, so hence the free the free option. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Right on. Everybody, go check that out. I'm sure you all need beach reading. At some point, hopefully it stays this nice. Other than that, you can follow Ashley at 90 Feet From Home on Twitter and hear about the latest good stuff as far as books go and all of our incredible award-winning Tigers coverage. (laughs) I just gave us awards. I don't care. It's late. It's the end of the show. And you can follow me if you want to hear, you know, more of my lies and nonsense at (laughs) Fiscadoro74. And other than that, Read our stuff on Bless You Boys. Um, We'll see how things go over this next week. Um, We'll see if the Tigers can take the series from Cleveland on Wednesday. And we will talk to you all next week. Thanks a lot. Have a good night. Good night. Bye-bye.